0: our second service here this year. And uh, I'm so thrilled and looking forward to having a very exciting year uh, in Watford and the surrounding areas. We're going to get into our passage. Uh, Kate's going to come and read for us. So turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 5, verse 17 and verse 26. And Kate will read that for us. As she reads it, let's really think about what it's saying to us today.
1: One day as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law, who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there, and the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of a crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God?
0: Our remarkable Jesus. Jesus does remarkable things. He does things no one else would expect. The word remarkable in that passage is paradoxia. In the Greek meaning a paradox. And, uh, it can mean remarkable as I think is accurately translated there. But it's also the word that we get that idea of paradox from. That you see two things and they don't seem like they should be able to be together. It shouldn't work. Something's happening that shouldn't be happening or doesn't make sense to us. And Jesus does that to us. He does things that don't make sense. It didn't make sense to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, to the people there. Perhaps it didn't make sense to um, even the people that were crowded in and wanted to hear him. They, They didn't really understand. We have seen paradoxical things today, you could say, that that's how they felt. And maybe, maybe even for uh, the paralyzed man and his friends, they saw paradoxical things. We, we didn't know how this day was going to turn out. It's turned out differently to how we expected, it, and it's mystified us. And I love this about Jesus that he draws people to him and he mystifies them at the same time, that he confounds his critics and confuses them. But actually, honestly, <clears throat> I think quite a lot. A lot of the time, he confuses me, and I love to follow him. The Pharisees didn't. I love to follow him, and we do. But he still confuses us. Uh, I hope, as we look at this passage today, we can get some things out of it that will, I hope, not only confuse us, but conf- if they do confuse us, at least confuse us in a in an inspiring way, because that's what happened to the crowds and the people around him and when they saw what had happened. So. Let's talk about a few things. Um, what we're seeing in this passage is um, the third example of breaking. That's happening in Luke chapter 5. Um, Mary preached on Luke, on Luke 5, 1 to 11 about Peter on the boat and, uh, you know, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. Uh, that, that Peter reached breaking point in that passage. Then last time the, uh, in our uh, Wednesday night classes, we were looking at uh, the leper. And Jesus there touches the leper and breaks barriers. So we've had a breaking point between where they're breaking barriers from the left. And here we have the friends of the paralyzed man breaking tiles, breaking roofs. So you've got all the breaking going on. That's Jesus. And here we have him with the Pharisees. Um, as it says there, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they're there from everywhere. Um, this is the first mention of the Pharisees in Luke. They're going to be a theme as we go through. They've come a long way. It says they come from every village of Galilee. And from Judea and Jerusalem. So they're like the local, it's like concentric ranks. You've got the local people, you've got the Judean, and then you've got Jerusalem, which is like headquarters. Like, that's scary when people from headquarters come to check on your work, <laughs> right? I mean, we've got teachers here, yeah? And when, um, what are they called? Ofsted. Ofsted. When Ostend come, <laughs> and you're teaching in the classroom, you know, or your boss says, can I have a word? I sit in on your next training session, would you? and if they come and sit next to you, you know and you're typing away, doing your spreadsheet, whatever it is, and you think how, how closely are they looking at me? You don't have a boss. See, that's not fair. <laughs> is it? It's just not fair. Oh, you, you're the boss. Sorry, that's right. <laughs> Bro, okay. All right. So, uh, can you imagine your boss is like watching over you? And these, these are the headquarters. Head, people from headquarters. Of so that's what's going on. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I get a bit more careful about what I say if my boss kind of is around. I remember when I was a teacher, and uh, I, just, I didn't mind other teachers coming into my classroom from time to time, but I did not want the head coming in. And uh, where it, if the head did come in, and he was, uh, he, he was a major in the army before he was a headmaster. <laughs> major Low. And he still looked like a major in the army. He carried himself like a major in the army. And he treated, he was a primary school, he treated these tiny kids like soldiers. In line, stand there, be quiet. I mean, it was terrible. It was a terrible school. It was close it's closed down. It's gone. It's gone. You know, I left and it fell apart. I mean, what can I say? But, uh, you know, I, he, I didn't want him in my classroom. And I think we can all relate to that. But look at Jesus. He's remarkable. He is not in the least intimidated by these men from HQ. He's not bothered. He took, he, in fact, he even provokes them. Doesn't he? It's not a great lesson for us in our courage? That doesn't matter who's around us. Jesus, I think, can give us the same courage that he had. Because we have him in us. We have the spirit in, in us. So these men come along, and they go up on the roof. Uh, imagine for a minute that you are the owner of, of this house. Well, mm-hmm. imagine it's your house for that matter. And, uh, and uh, you're in the crowd, you're listening to Jesus. It's an honor to have Jesus, but well, presumably you've invited him. And you hear a noise, and you look up, and it's not a pigeon walking around on a flat roof or whatever you've got. Um, but then um, slowly, you know, bits of dust come down, and then there's a glimmer of light, and you can see the tile by tile is being removed. And you can see daylight. And then there's a big, must have been a big hole, because you've got a paralyzed man lying down, and the mat that he's on, and somehow they must have tied some kind of strips of something to it, and they lower it down right in front of Jesus. These men are quite remarkable. I wonder how they got it right in front of Jesus. Because like, that's what he said, right? They lowered him in front of Jesus, so it wasn't in the corner. So they must have peered in through the door, and all the people are crowded in and thought, just, we do it just there. Right. And then they go up the stairs by the side of the house. It would have been stairs. They go up top. And in those houses, it would have been mud above the tiles. You'd have tiles, and you'd have mud compacted on top. So they somehow calculate, must have been engineers, these guys, or <laughs> <they're laughs> architects. They somehow calculate exactly where to dig so that they can lower the fellow right in front of Jesus. And they get him him down there. And and then I think for me as I have studied this, there's two things that come out of this passage for me. Let me share these uh, with you today. Um, And really, the first is the importance of our faith in the lives of other people. The importance of our faith, how that affects other people. Seems to be one of the lessons, perhaps, for us from Luke recording this for us, because they they lower him right in front of Jesus. And Jesus is something that I would seems paradoxical to me. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. That's interesting. He sees their faith. They're still up, I guess, on the road, <coughs> looking down through the hole, you know. He sees their faith, and then he looks at the man who's paralyzed and says, Friend. I love that. That's a great address, mm-hmm. isn't it? Friend. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus knew what the man needed. He gave him what he needed. Because, and that was possible because of the faith of his friends. The importance of faith in helping other people to come to know the forgiveness that Jesus has to, to offer. It's Our faith has such a big... It's not always our efforts, and, and there are efforts here. And it's not all about us. But there is something significant about how our faith is in helping other people, I uh, I was on a retreat on Thursday and Friday. Some of you know I went on a retreat with a group of Christians across Watford, and it's a, a pan-denominational organisation that um, uh, of people in different churches in Watford who cooperate to try and help the message of Jesus Christ to be more visible in the town of Watford. And uh, I'll share more about how another day and and the ideas, but it was a two-day retreat really discussing how can we make Jesus more visible in Watford, and what's our part in doing that together. Um, But the theme of, of the, the spiritual theme of it, was going deeper with God. Going deeper with God personally, and going deeper with God as congregations. And one of the discussion, we had discussion groups, and one of the questions was, in what way do you think God is trying to take, take your congregation deeper with God in 2016? Right now. In what way is God, not what do you want, but what way do you think God is trying to take you deeper as a congregation? And, and also for you. And so we talked about the congregations, and I thought I thought, at least one thing for me is, for us is that we really believe. We really have faith in this ministry and walk So we talked about that, we prayed about that, they prayed for us, we all prayed for each other, which was very good. And that, I think, is true, and I think we have to wrestle with that. The next day, I was in another discussion group, we were talking about this a bit more, and one chap called Dave, the uh, the vicar of St. Luke's um, in Watford, said, So, what, what, what is it for you? Like the congregation, like, okay, but what about for you? And I said, Well, I think it's the same thing. And I realized then when he asked me the question, actually, I, I struggle with this as well, that it's not just as a congregation, but personally, I feel I'm very limited. I don't have a lot of time, as you know, as a congregation, so I'm being, I'm being supported and paid to do the ministry the best I can on a day and a half a week. So I have a day and a half of time with this ministry, and I just feel like it's not enough. It just feels like I'm overwhelmed by that. I, I, want, I wish I had more time to be able to devote to this and I realised it was actually burdening me more than I thought like it was something I knew but it hadn't sunk into my heart and this is a real challenge for me personally as in what do I believe God can do from a little what can God do from a little do I really believe he can do a lot from the little that I have and the little that And is my focus really on God's provision or is it on what I lack or what we lack, is it on humans Through us. What remarkable things. Not just good things, and he'll do good things, but what remarkable things could he do through us? Where we work, in your workplace, in your school, in your office, in your factory, in your counseling room, in your. What remarkable things can he do through me? What remarkable things can he do through you? What remarkable things can he do through us? If we can get that. If we can get that in our hearts, what an exciting year! Because we'll be looking for the remarkable things that Jesus can do, and not focused on what we lack. Because we'll always lack something. In fact, we'll always lack a lot. And we can always focus on what we lack. But what can Jesus do? Remarkable things through the faith of others, going deeper with God. It's remarkable what Jesus does here. Their faith made the difference. These men who carried him onto the roof and lowered him through the uh, roof, their faith meant he was in the right place to get what he needed from Jesus. How will the people of Watford get what they need from Jesus? How will the people in Chorleywood and in Chesham and in Croxley and in Bushy and in North Watford and in High and, and in Hemel and in Covent Garden and, uh, if I missed anybody else, uh, uh, West Watford? get what they need from Jesus? How will they get the peace (coughs) that he talked about? The peace that passes understanding in fact. How will they get that? It will happen if we pray, trust, spend time in those lonely places. Jesus went off to lonely places and prayed. To pray and ask God, give me ask you, a little bit of sharing from the group here, um, as you began coming to the church, coming to think about God, whatever, you know, that that process of going from being not a Christian to being a Christian, can you give me a name of someone whose faith was particularly important in that process that helped you, would you say, who would that be? Harry? Brian Miller. Brian Miller. So, uh... Joke he's laughing at it already. Is, uh, <laughs> I love Brian. So Brian made a big difference. Somebody else? Uh, yes, Kate. Uh, Shelly Metter. Shelly Metter made the difference. faith. All right. Do you want to share more about that? Or should... Just, uh, she's very
1: hospitable, you know, really welcoming people into her house and very warm and um, she's always baked. I don't know, She just, something about her. Excellent. Dodie, who are you going to say? Jan Blanc, Claudette and Penny. Yeah. What a great combination. Mm. <laughs> yes. And Jan Blanc and Watwick and Claudette and Acton studying Bible in Watford. From wow. um,
0: acton to Watford is Acton to on the bus. On the bus. On the bus. It
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And of course, Penny. Penny was there at the back. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because you we were in ministry then, you just come down from Manchester. Yeah, yeah. My so. word. Gosh, that's so inspiring. I mean, Jan, an older, lady, an older lady, a foreigner, getting on a bus to go to somewhere she'd never heard of, just to meet you and talk about God and you. That's a lot of faith, mm-hmm. isn't it? That's, that's climbing up on the roof. 25 years ago. Anybody else want to share? One more maybe, Barry? Not knowing you know, if it'll have any effect, she invited me to church. her on that. I think it's important we don't underestimate the significance of just doing an, an act of kindness to somebody out faith Let me ask you what that might be. But let's think a little bit about just just dream a little bit. Just um, you know, don't don't go don't go you know totally off. <laughs> In daydreaming world right now, but take a moment, just to think. Okay, if if I if I uh, if I could this week believe that Jesus could do something remarkable through an act prompted by faith towards something, what might that be? Let's do this. Let's take a moment to stop and pray ourselves right you can pray out loud or you can pray silently let's just stop and ask God i'll I'll pray in a minute let's take two minutes just to think and ask God what that can know what to say as well as what to do. Help us know what that is and give us courage to do what is good, whether we get a good reaction or not. Help us not worry about what others might think, how it might look to people. but Help us just to trust you and to do what we do out of faith. Trust me that you will use it, even if it's small, even if it's just a seed, or a couple of fish, or a few loaves. It doesn't matter to you, God, these things, you can make a lot out of a little. Help us to have that kind of faith, and in Jesus' name we pray. things are thinking, this is blasphemy, what's going on, and Jesus knows what they're thinking and calls them on it. Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven, or to get up and walk, but he said, I want you to know I am the Son of Man, which is a messianic title from Daniel 7. I want you to know I have this authority to forgive sins. So, the harder thing from the Pharisee's perspective is to say take up your mat, in walk. And so, Jesus tells the man, Go home. Take your mat. Off you go. It's time to go home. Paralyzed.